Today on the All Things Pizza podcast, I sit down with two food technologists who helped develop pizza MREs for our military. The pizzas must stay good for three years at 80 degrees Fahrenheit, and we're going to talk about all of the saucy details that went into bringing this much-requested item to life. Let's do this. For decades, members of the U.S. military have relied on MREs, or meals ready to eat, for sustenance while in combat or at other locations where food facilities are unavailable. And while there's been a spike in farm-to-table restaurants and multi-course menus around the country, it's no surprise that our military has also been hard at work developing new dishes and meals for soldiers. And this has led to the recent addition of an MRE pizza. So today I'm joined by two food technologists based at a military research facility in Massachusetts outside of Boston, who both played a pivotal role in the development of this much requested dish. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Michelle Richardson and Julie Smith. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us. Um, I have to start off by asking, you know, forgetting about MREs uh, for a moment, would you consider yourselves pizza lovers? And do you guys have a, a favorite or regular pizza place, either in the greater Boston area or elsewhere? Uh, I, I guess I'm a pizza lover, and I had a, a favorite restaurant. I live in Rhode Island, so there's a really great um, pizza restaurant that I usually order from. It, they make it in the Greek style. It's called Brothers Pizza. So I actually went there several times while I was developing the pizza to get a better flavor of what I wanted to develop. That's great. That's great. This is Julie. Uh, I also am a pizza lover. I have a favorite pizza place close by to my house called the Corner Market. So it's more like an Italian style pizza. Awesome. Well, hopefully those places don't get packed after everyone listens to this podcast. <laughs> um, great. So I've, I've, you know, heard that these uh, pizza MREs were in high demand for many years. So I wanted to start off by asking, you know, how do you guys track that desire? I assume there isn't uh, a Yelp for soldiers. Do you distribute surveys? Is there a hotline? Are you guys out in the field? How does that uh, feedback uh, come to you guys? Sure. This is Julia Smith, so I can speak on that. So every year we do a warfighter uh, operational test. We go out to units in the field. We take out new components that we're trying to get feedback on, but we also go out with surveys asking them what they would like added to the MRE and what they would like removed. And so many years in a row, we received that feedback that they would like to have pizza added to the MRE. How many years would you say um, this type of like feedback loop has been going on? Oh, we've been doing field tests or operational tests for many years, um, as long as I've been there. So mm -hmm. more than 20 years. Very cool. Um, and other than the soldier feedback, what else sort of plays into or factors into the decision as to what food items should be brought into the development phase? Sure. So this is Julie Smith again. So I work in the engineering branch. And so my job is to take a product that's developed by the science and technology team and get it into an operational test and then eventually get it fielded. And so what I do is when I go to the field tests and I get these ideas from the warfighters, I'll go back to Michelle Richardson's team, who's the science and technology team, and say, um, the soldiers are looking for this type of item. Is this something that you could develop? 
And so I'll work with our science and technology teams back in combat feeding to make sure that we're trying to meet the needs of our warfighter. And so that's sort of where it starts. And so Michelle, you want to talk about kind of your role of that, and then I can kind of take it back. Yeah, um, so my role is once I get an idea of what they want, um, I'll actually do like market surveys and literature search to see what technology is out there, to see if there's anything that can be purchased off the shelf that would meet our requirement. And usually there isn't because we have a shelf life requirement of three years at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And so once I get an idea of, okay, the soldier wants a pizza, I develop these concepts. And the concepts that I started with had different types of crust, different types of toppings. Um, and then we have to always meet, you know, the USDA and FDA requirements. And so they kind of have guidelines on what is considered to be shelf stable and how you process the product. Um, we knew we couldn't make a canned pizza because when you can food, you need a, a liquid and you would not get the right texture. Um, they have this technology called hurdle technologies. And basically hurdle technologies are different barriers that you put into the food to prevent bacteria from growing. And so some of the barriers that we looked at is controlling the acidity, um, um, manipulating the water so that it's not available for bacteria to grow or for chemical reactions. Um, the packaging is a barrier. Um, we also incorporate oxygen scavengers into the uh, pouch so that it can um, absorb all the free oxygen in the headspace. So we don't have to worry about bacteria who need oxygen to grow. They won't be able to because it's not available. And so once we, we have the technology that we want, we have the concepts, we actually will go into the lab and actually start developing prototypes and producing product. And when we get fairly close to a product that um, is acceptable, we'll actually do um, sensory tests where we actually have other food technologists evaluate the product for us to see how well it tastes. Um, we do storage tests where we actually will put it in storage for, you know, sometimes we'll do it for four weeks at 120 degrees or six months at 100. Um, other things we do are we also do um, a lot of um, analytical tests and microbiological tests to make sure that the product is stable. So we do this on several iterations. So it could be like hundreds different of formulas that we've developed. And eventually we wanted to get the soldier feedback. So we actually do a, what we call a technical demonstration where they'll evaluate the product. And what we'll do is we'll modify the product based on their feedback. And once we get to a product that we think is um, acceptable, we'll actually go to a company that will produce the product for us because we have to make sure that the product is producible. Because when we're in the lab, we have a lot of control and we can pretty much produce anything. But if a commercial company can't produce it, then it's not a great product. And uh, once that's done, it's transitioned to Julie's team mm -hmm. and they do the field testing that she described in the large scale production test. Yeah. So what Michelle said, so what I'll do is then take that that pizza that Michelle developed and I put it within a menu within the MRE. So it's not just pizza they get in that menu, they get other components with it. There'll be snack components, beverages, um, condiments, things like that. And so we plan into a menu and take the complete menu out to the field for feedback. And what we obtain from the warfighters is a hedonic rating. So how much they like something or dislike something. And so they provide us feedback on every component that's within that menu. And so once we obtain that feedback, we analyze the results from the field test. And what we do is make recommendations on what items should be um, included into the next MRE. 
And so we go to what we call the Joint Services Operational Rations Forum. This is where um, the different heads of the military services to include the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, they then vote on whether or not these components get approved and included into the next version of the MRE. Gotcha. That's all fascinating. It's unbelievable how much work goes into the you know production of these MREs. Um, I'm curious, um, you know, would love to hear sort of how both of you got into this line of work and, uh, you know, what a typical day looks like for each of you, if there even is a, a typical day. Yeah, I don't think that there's a typical day. Um, I actually was going to pre-med school and I was, I had all these science classes and, you know, being young, I decided I'm not going to school for eight months years to be a doctor and an advisor was telling me well major in food science and I'm thinking what is that and why would I do it and they said well you know you already have all the basic science classes because food science is a mixture of all the sciences like chemistry microbiology um, physics and so and they said people have to eat so just try it and I, and I tried it and then I actually loved it and then once I uh, graduated I got a job here at Natick and so it'll be 30 years this summer. Correct. So I decided to get my undergrad in nutrition. And while I was there, I was really interested in the food service aspect of nutrition versus the clinical nutrition aspect. And so I'm also a registered dietitian. And when I was in college, I saw a job posting to work um, with Michelle here at Natick. And so I applied for that job my sophomore year of college and really enjoyed working here and looking at science and technology of ration components and really enjoyed working for a customer, the warfighter. And so I've been here for more than 20 years now. Julie, are there uh, particular foods that uh, your research has shown sh soldiers are uh, you know, really interested in eating out in the field, but when you brought those ideas to Michelle, Michelle, you're like, no way that's impossible to uh, you know, make in a way that's shelf stable? So, I mean, fresh fruits and vegetables is certainly a challenge. Yeah. So, as we know, the soldiers are, and warfighters are more educated than ever about nutrition. It's definitely uh, something that they're interested in now. And so, trying to get more fruit, fresh fruits and vegetables in the MRE is a challenge because of the three-year at 80-degree shelf life. And so, when we present these ideas back to our science and technology team, it's certainly a challenge for them to, to develop those type of components. Makes sense. Um, I know you've both alluded to this, but, but tell me exactly what the requirements are for an MRE actually to make it into the field. So the shelf life is three years at 80 degrees Fahrenheit and six months at 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's the, it has to be acceptable quality after that time frame. So we have a group of trained sensory specialists that then evaluate the product for its quality. Um, I know you talked about the process of creating these MRE uh, pizzas. What did the time frame actually look like from like the you know time that the project was initiated until it was out in the field? How long did that take? So it really depends on the item because we do rely a lot on our science te technology teams, but we also do work with industrial partners as well as commercial products. So the timeline is a little bit different depending on the item. But for something like the pizza, I believe three or how many years of development yeah, would you say? It, it was probably about six years. And, you know, the development kind of piggybacked on other items that were in the MRE or in another ration, like the shelf-stable sandwiches kind of used the same technology, mm -hmm. or the MRE pouch bread used that same mm -hmm. technology. So we just basically build upon that. Mm -hmm. But as far as my time frame on my end is it's typically about 
three years from the time the field test menus are assembled until they actually go into production and assembled into an MRE that's being procured by the Defense Log Logistics Agency troop support. So within that three years, that includes the field testing, the analyzing the results of the field test, um, getting the Joint Services Operational Rations Forum approval, moving on to developing the technical requirements, doing the producibility testing, and then transitioning the documentation in support of procurement. So quite the process. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I assume that it's important for these MREs not just to taste good, but also to look appetizing. Uh, how challenging is that sort of the aesthetic challenge? And is there a lot of uh, science that goes into that as well? Yeah, that, that was very challenging to have the pizza look like something that they would get if they were home. Um, and so we, we played with having like a pocket sandwich or a pocket pizza or something that was fully covered because, you know, from a, a stability standpoint, that would be really easy. But, you know, we know that soldiers want something that's going to look like they can get at home. And so one of the biggest thing is that you have a lot of different ingredients. You have pepperoni, you have cheese, you have sauce, and then you have the crust. And all of them have different characteristics. They have different amounts of water. They have different amounts of acid. But when you put them together, if the pizza crust has little water and the sauce has a lot of water, you have to uh, worry about that migration of the water and you don't want to end up with a pizza crust that's really has a lot of water in it. Water in it. So actually playing around with how to make sure that each of these components complement each other instead of uh, creating something that's not typical of what you would get was very challenging. And the term we use to measure that is water activity. Um, and water activity basically is a measure of the water's energy status. So when you say how much water you have, that's the concentration of water. But this is what the water is actually doing. And so we actually try to control the water gotcha. so that we can get a product that's ideal. Okay. And, you know, we looked at looking at different types of um, barriers that we can put between the sauce and the bread and things like that. But cost is also something that we have to take into consideration because if it's very expensive, um, it's not going to go into the MRE. That makes sense. How does the pizza MRE in terms of the cost of production compare to other MREs that have been created in the past? Um, so at an entree level, I think it's it's similar in cost compared to the other entrees within the MRE right now. Um, I know that the pizza MRE contains pepperoni as a topping. I'm curious uh, how that was decided on as, as a topping to launch with, and are there other toppings and development plans or requests from soldiers that you've heard of? Well, usually when we were in the development, we probably have like several different varieties. Um, I actually looked at a regular pepperoni, a turkey pepperoni, and a um, a product that we call Osmoroni, and it was made with this new technology where you can actually dry the product down in a very short time. Um, and then we take that out into the field during the technical demonstrations with the soldier, and we basically have them evaluate them and rate them. And the um, regular pepperoni was always rated higher, and so we just looked at that one to actually fully mm -hmm. develop. So give the people what they want, right? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I understand that uh, these MREs, the pizza MREs, come with something called a flameless ration heater uh, that's activated by adding water to a chemical pouch. Um, so we'd love to hear 
more about that? And does this mean that basically a soldier can actually have a warm slice of pizza, say, while on a mission in the Arctic? Yeah, that that's correct. So this within that menu for the pizza, it includes a flameless ration heater. And the warfighter will have the ability to add about an ounce of water to the bottom of that flameless ration heater to activate it. They could put their um, pizza pouch, um, pouch of pizza within the heater and can warm it up. And also it could be eaten cold as well. So it doesn't need to be heated. It could be eaten at room temperature or whatever environment they're in, or, um, or they can warm it with the heater if they'd like. Yeah, so if you eat it cold, it's like eating leftover pizza. Yes. pizza. Yep. For the flameless ration heater, it, I mean, it has um, ingredients in the pouch, and these are ingredients are, you know, fairly safe. It's like magnesium. It has salt and some iron. Mm -hmm. um, the salt is usually like a catalyst that makes the reaction go fast. And so basically, um, the magnesium mixes with the water, and you have magnesium hydroxide, and that's the same ingredient you have in, like, milk of magnesia or something like that. And um, basically, you're raising the temperature of the product by 100 degrees because when you have a chemical reaction, there's two things that can happen. It can either give off heat or pick up heat. And this chemical reaction happens to give off heat, and that's how the entrees are heated in the field. Do you guys prefer the cold version of the MRE pizza or the warm version? I I prefer the shell... The um, sorry, room temperature version. Yeah, I, I do also. And, you know, sometimes the warfighter doesn't always have time to stop and heat up the items. And right. so they actually eat a lot of the entrees at ambient temperature. You know, most of the people listening to this podcast will never have an opportunity to try MRE pizza. Um, so I was wondering if you could describe uh, how it tastes. Um, obviously, because it has a three-year shelf life, it doesn't taste like you know, the pizza you get at your local pizza place. Um, I think it's kind of similar to like an Elio's type okay. frozen pizza, maybe. It has like a very dense uh, crust um, with cheese and pepperoni on it. Yeah, I'd agree with Michelle. It's more like a bakery pizza than, right. than a Italian style. Mm -hmm. After all the development and research and everything sort of finalized, um, you know, where are the MREs actually produced and packaged and shipped from? How does that part of the process work? Sure. So the Def Defense Logistic Agency awards a contract. Um, currently, there's three different assemblers. And so they're in charge of then identifying the vendors that would produce the pizza and then assembling it into the MRE. And so this happens over the course of a year. And so the MRE started to be assembled back in 2018 into the MRE by these vendors and being delivered by Defense Logistic Agency troop support to the different military services. Great. So when did the MREs actually like, you know, reach soldiers for the first time, would you say? So it really depends on what military base they're <laughs> at, it, you know, but I would assume over the next year they should start seeing them. And have you received any real feedback since it's actually been out in the market yet? Um, we've just anecdotal, nothing um, out, of, out of, you know, we haven't gone back to the field test again with the item that's assembled into the control menus, but from what we've heard, it's people are, are liking it. They like the variety that the MRE provides. Um, and I guess the uh, last question that I have for you guys is, um, you know, now that you've tackled pizza, what's next on the agenda? Still working on that fruits and vegetables. So <laughs> I'm field testing some new conceptual fruit and vegetables within the MRE. And so we've been working on some vacuum microwave drying of fruits and vegetables, trying to see if you can maintain the quality of a fresh like fruit and vegetable 
but also be shelf stable. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to uh, you know follow all your continued successes and uh, you know see what our uh, you know service members will be eating uh, down the road. So really appreciate both of you taking the time to uh, chat today, and uh, want to wish you the best of luck in all your future research and development and, uh, you know, bringing very important uh, food items to our soldiers. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you.